about that. I, I call this kindergarten. Uh, we're going to look at kindergarten stuff today. Uh, you're not ready for the big stuff yet. Uh, this is the book you need. This is the book. Uh, you're not ready for those other books. I was telling pastor, I said, most of God's people not ready for the dictionary yet. <laughs> okay, there's so many, there's, there's so much in this book that you don't need a dictionary, you know, you're not even doing what you know to do, let alone go to the hard stuff. And uh, remember me, <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is I love you. Uh, I'm, your, I'm the physician for a few days, and it's going to hurt. I'm sorry, usually gonna, it's going to hurt, but, but to make you feel, to, to be better, it's going to hurt. Um, most of God's people are out of fellowship with God. A majority of God's people are out of fellowship with God, and they don't even know it. Yeah, they just kind of worship Him any way they choose. Uh, they get saved, go about doing their own thing, and they think God's well pleased with that. And I say, you don't know Him. You know, don't you really don't know Him? John fourteen twenty one, Jesus said, "He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me." God's people, they like and they appreciate what Christ has done for them. You know. Taking upon himself, there, you know, taking upon himself your sins, dying in your place, you know. But uh, when it comes to knowing him, they really don't know the Lord and fellowship. So we're going to talk about fellowship today. It's important that we walk with God. Why did He save you? Uh, why did He say? What, what was the purpose of God actually working in mankind? Was it simply to take man to, to heaven, or simply to forgive him of his sins, or uh, do you know why He saved you? Uh, the purpose of God's working in mankind was not simply to save man from his suffering. The purpose of God's actually working in mankind is to make it possible for you to walk with God. So this is back to Christianity 101. We should have got this when we were seven years old in a Christian home. But maybe you're like me. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I, know, I, didn't know, I did not know anything about God. Um, I, re- I, was, I grew up in a home not centered upon God nor His Word. <laughs> I lived my life not seeking God, certainly not wanting to walk with God. But folks, that has changed since the new birth. November 22nd, 87, at the age of 30, uh, I experienced what the Bible calls born again. Jesus, John 3, 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And so I, I actually got uh, experienced new birth. And I'm actually a new creature now. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if you've experienced new birth now, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ah, heaven is, not, heaven is our home now, you see. This is not our home. We're merely passing through. This is your life. It's but a vapor. Remember? Uh, let's use this paper. I was, I just, this won't take you a decade to get this is before you got here, you know, let's say 6,000 years. I know we can kind of argue about that, but I know it wasn't billions of years. But this is, this is you now, right there. And this is light of eternity. And God's people, this is, this is proving ground. Okay, this is this proving ground. This is testing ground. He's trying to build character in his kids. So now we're going to, okay, what's the purpose of God actually working it in mankind? Uh, well, Micah 6 eight, he has showed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. <laughs> Folks, it's not right 
that we not walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ every day. And that's the problem with the Christian in the 21st century. They don't even know how to walk with God. They don't know how to live for Christ. They don't know how to worship God. Yeah, that's pretty bold, isn't it? But it's the truth. That's what I found in the last 30 years of my walk with God, that just as man cannot get saved any way he chooses, right? We would, there's not many ways. Jesus said, John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, right? Well, just as man cannot get saved any way he chooses, uh, you cannot walk with God. Yeah, live for Christ. Pursue the will of God any way you choose. And that's where God's people miss it because they don't even know what he said. (laughs) Psalm 32, verse 8, I'll instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. Right? I told pastor, I'll give you an upgrade. I'll instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt worship. Well, folks, it's in this book. And this is the book. Remember, you're not ready for the other books. This, you get in this book, and you meet with God. <laughs> Fellowship with the Creator. The one who split the Red Sea, healed the sick, raised the dead. You, you spend time with Him in His presence <laughs> and ask Him for help. <laughs> like help? <laughs> he will meet, now meet you in that moment of discipline and empower you to get to know Him. Empower you to walk with Him by His side as His friend and as His companion. The American dream, we know when we receive the Lord, that, that's gone for the Christian. Uh, you see, it's, he's gone to prepare a place for us, right? I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, Norman will be with me forever. <laughs> I get to be with God. Glory. <laughs> okay, that goes over well. John, John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments can keep them, right? Do you know what it says in John 14, 23? If a man love me, he will keep my sayings. Yeah. John 14, 24, if a, love, if a man loveth me not, he keepeth not my sayings. So I'm saying God's people, they like and appreciate, but they don't love him because they don't even know what he said. <laughs> it gets worse than that. That's not enough. It's not enough to know what he said. And that's what we're going to talk about. It's not enough to know what he said, but we're not fully persuaded. Okay, tell me something you're fully persuaded that he actually said. And by that I mean that you're actually doing what he said because you're fully persuaded that he actually meant something. This is back to Christianity 101. Folks, if you don't get what I'm trying to share with you this morning, you'll never be the Christian Christ intended to be. You'll never go to spiritual maturity. Paul called it perfect. A full grown. I don't know about you, but I want to be a full grown Christian. Fully developed. <laughs> when I bow the knee and meet the Lord one day. And people are telling me they don't want that. It's not that they don't know. They say we don't want that, Brother Stevens. And folks, I made a decision to walk with God. Mark eight thirty four. Jesus said, whosoever will make a decision to walk with me. <laughs> It's a decision you got to make. I can't make it for you. I'm just telling you it's a better deal. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. 
But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospels, the same shall save it. I didn't write it. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, that alone. But if you die, you'll bring forth much fruit. Die to what? The life you've made for yourself. Period. That's it. Your life, your dreams, your plans, your ambition, your goals, your children, your family, your car, your house, your time. If you die, you'll get to walk with God. You've got to decide. Now, this does not take a decade to get. By the way, I tell folks, look in the mirror. You don't got a decade to get it. Young people, I know you're young, but you don't have a decade to get what I'm sharing with you today. Jesus could come today, right? We, 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 we say we believe that. Our life surely doesn't show it. Pray for me. Uh, Medians are getting kind of sh- short here now. <laughs> I thought people wanted to know. I really did. But I'm finding out that people really don't want to know. They're content with their ignorance, I guess. Or, uh, Well, I don't know, so it's okay. And But don't you want to be well-pleasing to God? He is the one we must please. Right? So what I'm sharing with you is going to, change, it's going to change your life. Everything about you, maybe everything that you ever knew, going to change. Stop living for yourself. Live for Christ and others, period. That's... That's what it... Okay, I was in a church. <laughs> I, kind of, I said, can't dumb this down any dumber. Boy, pastor was greatly offended. He was immediately out of the pulpit, out of the chair, and he got up here, and he said, Mr. Stevens, <laughs> now all things work together for good to them that love God, right? You know what he said, Romans 8, 28, all things work. First Thessalonians 5, 18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You're not much of a Christian if you have to be pepped up, pumped up, or pumped up. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right, okay. So anyway, he says, Mr. Stevens, you can't make it any plainer. Well, that's something you use on wood. Right? Don't you use a planer on wood? Did you say that? I thought, man, what is he talking about? I said, huh? A planer? Ain't that something you use? You use that on wood. <laughs> You say you should be smarter than that. Well, I, I didn't know, but it didn't take me a decade to get it. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them, right? Well, see, evidently he was not fully persuaded that he actually meant what he said, you see, because you see the simplicity of it? You've got to get in the book and find out what he said. That means you're going to have to stop the overtime at work. Uh, Hobbies, maybe whatever, once in a while. You'll never be good at golf. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you may have to downsize. You may not have the best and the newest car on the planet, but folks, you get a walk with the Creator. I'm telling you, it's a better deal to walk with the one who split the Red Sea and healed the sick and raised the dead. I'm I'm not trying to take something away from you. I'm actually trying to lead you to something that's quite wonderful. You see, deciding to walk with God is a path at the... It's wonderful. (laughs) But it requires obedience. (laughs) Really? Yeah. John 15.10, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And as you make a decision to walk with the God by His side... As his friend, 
come alongside, fellowship with the Creator, and He talks back to you through His Word, through the Spirit of God. <laughs> you know, you actually to, you know, you to obey, obey Him. And do what He says, go where He wants us to go, and bring your life and total submission to them. And then you will discover what the normal, got that normal Christian life is all about. Okay, this is normal Christianity, and you've probably missed it. That goes over great too. I used to call it the victorious life in Christ, a sinful life, a matter of you choosing to yield to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. <laughs> Evidently, that was way too complicated. And so I said, let me make it a little simpler for you. You see, deciding to walk with God is a path that's wonderful, but requires a decision, a decision, and that's not enough. Now you've made a decision. This is so neat. Every decision you make, you draw one step closer to I am. <laughs> no decision, you're no closer to God. Draw nine to God. How you draw nine to God? You make a decision. Every decision you make, you get to know him better. But you make a decision, that's not enough. Now you've got to discipline yourself to do what you've decided. <laughs> oh, and that's, that, Discipline's hard, right? <laughs> Right? Y'all in the same world. Not discipline's hard. But no decision, no discipline, no discipline, no, no closer to God. Folks, I've been doing that for 30 years. I thought people were actually making decisions. They don't even know what he said. And so you're going to, I can't dump it down any dumber. Not going to take you a decade to get it. You don't have a decade to get it. We just don't want it. Well, at least that's, at least you're honest with yourself. So you can imagine, can't dumb it down any dumber. He got up, can't make it any plainer. But it didn't take me a decade to get it. I can go around the country and say I can't make it any simpler and know everybody's fine. But when I say I can't dumb it down any dumber, it goes back to, evidently it goes way too deep. And so tell me something that you're fully persuaded that he said. We're going to get started here in a minute. Because Jesus told us a whole lot here. <laughs> you know, John chapter 15. I, I got that nearly 30 years ago. John chapter 15. If this is kindergarten stuff, okay? I know, it's, I know that you should have got this already. And it should be something you should be doing all the time. Not just on Sunday and Wednesday from time to time. He intended you to walk with him. That's the purpose of God's working in mankind. Is that you might walk with God. And folks, he's not a respect of persons. In other words, what he has done for me, he can do for anybody in the building. Right? And so, that means you're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You've got to find out what he said. And I was sharing with Pastor what Moses, you know why Moses smote that rock the second time? The first time, he was getting to know God better. He said, smote the rock. And gush forth water, you know. <laughs> and the children of Israel complaining. <laughs> no garlics, no onions, no this, that, and the other. And God's people complain. And by the way, uh, you should have mastered complaining by now. Uh, you should have mastered that. No more complaining, period. <laughs> Philippians 2.14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. You know, James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is out of fellowship with God. You see. So now, just about complaining, and so God says, you can have the church, something between you and God. <laughs> the fault's not God's, the fault's yours. You're undone, you're unclean. Your worship and praise is not acceptable now. <laughs> and so God's people do it all the time. They come to the church, out of fellowship, 
don't even know it. If they do know it, they, and they think they're, they can put tithes and offering in the offering plate, God is fine with that. I says, you don't know how to worship him. I'm sorry. It don't work that way. And so now we've got to start. Let's start with John chapter 15. Y'all going to come back, right? It's going to help you. I'm not trying to take something away from you. Honestly, trying to lead you to a greater walk with God. I had one, one teacher tell me, she says, you taught me this week how to worship the Lord more perfectly. I thought, man, she got it. She got it. Oh, somebody, you'll either get mad or you'll love it. or It's not, I didn't write it. John chapter 15. Again, I think this is, this is something you should have got when you were seven in a Christian home. How to walk with God. Fellowship with God. Abiding in Him. United in Him. And what does it mean to have, uh, you know, abiding in Christ and his words abiding in you? What does that mean? It's the same thing. But then you've got to be obedient to it. And so this is, and then there'll be a test. There'll be a test to see if you're actually comprehending anything. You know, I, well, I was 35. <laughs> and uh, they gave me a comprehension test at 35 years old. And I said, man, you want me to think and read at the same time? Norman's never done that before. But it didn't take me a decade to get it. No. I said, well, I've never done it before. Have you walked with God before? Live for Christ? Do you know how to stay in fellowship? And yet, I've never done that before. Well, I made a meatloaf. Let me, I'm just trying to lay the foundation so you don't cut me off like a bad TV program, okay? My wife had been sick, and I wanted to do something nice for her. And so I went back for two months and began to try to make meals for her and this, that, and the other. And I decided to make a meatloaf. I've never made a meatloaf before. So I go to the store, and I'm trying to find it on my iPad or a phone, trying to find out how to make a meatloaf. So I, this lady in the store, she saw me, and she says, well, can I help you? And I said, well, you're a girl. I said, have you ever made a meatloaf before? She said, yes. I said, well, can you help me? I've never done that before. Uh, I'd like to do something nice for my wife. And so she took me and got the eggs. Now she said, don't put the shells in there, you know, when you mix it all up. So let me interpret what she, you know, I was not greatly offended or hurt. So I, you know, I was, love thinketh no evil, right? Okay, love thinketh no evil. I might not know what she's saying, but I know she's saying I love you. Okay, you see what I'm saying? You're going to have to, because we have a tendency to go to the old, the old nature. We tend to go to the negative, okay? Forget that. You know, love thinketh no evil. And so I don't know exactly, I may not know what she's saying, but I know she's saying she loves me. Just don't put the eggs in, you know, the shell in with the batter and with the, and with the meat and with the breadcrumb. Isn't it, see? Is it going to take you another decade to get that? Love thinking no evil. That's a decision. Now, you discipline yourself to do what decided. And that's when somebody comes and talks to you. You know, you don't go to the negative. You go to the positive. And <laughs> it takes work, but discipline, you can, have, you can do it. So anyway, so then she comes. But this is, I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm talking about the normal Christian lifestyle. And we should have developed some of these characters in us. That's why his purpose of God's working is to build character in his kids. Not only in this world, but the world to come. Well, where are you going to line up in the world to come? I mean, you don't even know what he said now, you know. If Jesus were to come in the room, he would not say one more word than what is revealed in this book. In other words, you have everything Christ would say to you if you're speaking by his voice anyhow. You have it right here written down in the Word of God. And the presence of God is just as real as your, uh, uh, Moses' presence with God. We, we can, you, can, you can know God. You just got to find out what he said. And so anyway, I went home. Now, she didn't tell me. She got me a big thing of bed crumb. 
So uh, I didn't know you're not supposed to put all of it in there. She didn't. If she told me, I didn't. I didn't get it. But anyway, I put all the breadcrumb in there, meat in there, eggs in there, ketchup in there, and this that, and squished all onions in there, and crushed it all together. And it, it got firm. Okay, it was firm. You didn't have to put it in the pan. It just kind of firmed out itself. Okay. So now I turned the salt up 350, and I put that thing down. I put it, stuck it in there, and it comes out, and it's like a brick. So when I got it out, my, I said, yeah, it didn't turn out like I thought it was going to turn out. Uh, so anyway, we, you had to use a, you really, really had to cut it. Okay, didn't go so good, right? So now, a couple of months later, I'm with somebody, like I'd be staying with you folks, like I'm staying with Pastor, and I was coming out the bedroom, and I come out the door into the kitchen, and John was over here. And I said, John, what you doing? He said, I'm making uh, ribs for the night. We're going to have ribs. And uh, he said, well, Brother Stevens, have you ever cooked ribs before? I said, no, I've never done that before, John. <laughs> he said, would you like to know how to cook ribs? I said, no. Okay, that's, I think, do you want to you know how to live for Christ? Do you want to know how to fellowship with God? Do you, know you want to know what it is to abide in Christ and let His Word abide in you, which are the very same thing? Do you want to know what it is to have His words abide in you and have to be able to... No. And I think that's the... When men, like me, no. What's in it for me? I mean, I don't have to cook ribs. I don't need to walk with God. You know, whatever. No. And they ask, I think we substitute, you know, cut me off or just no. And so that's what I did to John. I said, no. And then it didn't take very long... In brain come rib, uh, meatloaf didn't turn out too good, okay? Can you see the difference? You know, meatloaf didn't turn out too good. And I thought, okay, a repentance, a change of mind, a change of lifestyle. Repentance is a change of mind leading to a change of direction. So I repented, and I said, yes, John, I'd like to know how to cook ribs. Okay, so then I went over there, and he began to follow through the steps of cooking. I won't go through it, but he began to take me to A, B, C, D, this, that, one, two, three, da, 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 and then, and we put the ribs on the table, and they were great. Now, ask me if I've ever done it. Nope. And I think that's Christianity 101. Have you done it? Do you know what it is to abide in Christ? Have you done it? Do you want to know how to do it? No. You want to cut it? And it don't go take you a decade to get it. But now that you're going to know how to do it, are you going to do it? You're going to decide, are you going to do it? Does now, does that take a decade to get what I just shared with you? No. It don't take a decade. It all depends. It's easy. It's Christianity 101. And I haven't got to the hard stuff yet. I mean, it's going to change everything about you. It's going to change the way you drive. It's going to talk. It's going to change the way you talk to your wife. It's going to change the way you love your wife. It's going to change everything about you. And it starts right here, Christianity 101. And you take it to a new level. You take it to a level the world is yet to see. Remember, the world is yet to see a Christian who's totally yielded to God in every single way. A Christian, God's people have yet to see a Christian that loves the Lord with his whole heart. You know what? God people don't want someone to. I made a decision to walk with God. I made a decision to get to know Him like no other Christian on the planet. Those are decisions, those old decisions now. And because of decisions made, I guess you make people look bad. You know what I'm saying? And they really don't want you to love the Lord with your whole heart. They don't want you to walk with God. And I thought God's people would like to you say, man, go for it. Love God with your whole heart and live, walk with God. Talk to God. Fellowship. I just, but it's not, it's not, you see what I'm saying? It's, no, we don't want that. 
So let's get John chapter 15. We've got plenty of time. We've got the next few minutes. I'm the vine. Okay, see, John chapter 15. It wouldn't hurt you to memorize some of it. I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken of you. And then verse 4, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. And then he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. You can't live for Christ. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't do the will. You can't glorify God. Uh, God's got to do it. He's going to do it. You, you, John chapter, uh, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. It is by means of the mercies of God. You know, we are what we are by the grace of God, and we ought to appeal to His grace. If we are what we are by the grace of God, then we need to appeal to His royal grace. But that's, you're not ready for that yet. Okay, but it is coming along. But if a man abide not in me, verse 6, so if a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So he tells us right off here, Jesus tells us what's going to happen if we choose not to abide in Him. If we choose not to allow His Word to abide in us, there's only two conditions of abiding in Christ. And he says, if you're not abiding in me, united in me, you've violated both of them, one or both of these conditions. And then if a man abide in me, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, two, uh, those are um, prerequisites to getting prayers answered. On our, you want, we want to get our prayers answered. You know, just as man cannot get saved any way he chooses, can't live for Christ any way, worship any way, you can't get your I mean, there's, there's certain things you certain things you got to, you know, prerequisites to getting your prayers answered, right? Well, right there is two. I know of nine, you know, nine prerequisites to prayer. And why should he answer your prayers anyway? Have you ever thought about that? Why should he heal you? I was telling somebody here recently, they were sick and all, and I said, well, why should he heal you anyhow? <laughs> you know, why, why, what's in it for him? James 4.3 says, my children receive not because they ask amiss that they may consume upon their lusts. They, they, they're not willing, they, 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 they don't know me. Uh, they, they, uh, what's in it for the Lord? You see what I'm saying? Why should he give you wisdom? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give to all men liberally and pray not shall be given to him. But why should he give you wisdom anyway? I mean, you're going to live for yourself. You do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. And you want to ring his bell, come bail me out, and I'll call you again when I need you. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, he, he touches your kidney, and he's trying to get your attention, and then you want him to bail you out so you can go live for yourself. Why should he do that? Christianity 101. Christianity 101. We've missed it, folks. It's not complicated. It's quite easy. And it's all written down. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. <laughs> you got to live a godly life in his presence. <laughs> yeah, you got to. Well, you can't do it in private. It will not be seen in public. I do not rob you of this blessing, this power. Because people say, we're blessed. You're an American. You're going to live in America. I mean, go to Haiti and see if you have the same sort of attitude, you know. <laughs> I'm blessed, but, you know. I'm telling you, you know why I want to walk with him? Ezekiel 11.5 says, I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. Matthew 5.28 says, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. The difference is, see, I'm fully persuaded that he actually meant what he said. And so if I don't walk with God, live for Christ, do the will of God, then I've got to keep a clean mind, a pure mind, because God says, I know, 
you hinder me from blessing you. And the people of God are we're greatly hindered because, one, we don't know what he said. Two, we, just, we, we complain and we tie his hands. He says, I want to bless. I want to bless my kids. I want to bless my people. But, man, all they do is complain. I, I was up all night last night. God was up all night last night, but he had me on his heart and mind. <laughs> it wasn't that great? I, I know. I see. Why do you do that? Make people mad. <laughs> hey, he was up all night with you on his heart and mind. The difference is, see, I know it. I know it. You hope he was up all night. But he was up all night last night. And he was planning out your day. This is the day the Lord hath made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it, right? So he's up all night. And he's looking at your life. What's he doing? He's building character. He wants you to get to know him better. And so he's, how do you get to know him? You've got to spend time in the book. Find out what he hates, what he loves. And you've got to find, spend quality time in the Word of God. Feed the new nature that you have. Okay. So he's up all night. And he says, yeah. And John's, yeah, that will build character in John. Yep. If he, if, he'll, if he responds properly, that'll build. But if you don't, he's going to get bitter. Yeah. Well, well, go for it. And so what he does, Christ, who lives in you? Again, we're going back to Christianity 101. Who lives in you? Christ, right? Now you've got to find out, how do you know that? See, well, I just, no, no. See, if you base it on the Word of God... Then you can stand when others run. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ liveth in Norman. And so I know that he lives in me. Right? Uh, and 1 Corinthians 6.19-20, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have not gotten, you're not your own. So I know he's in me. I can't get rid of him. He'll be there forever. And so I can complain if I choose. It's a decision. You don't have to complain. If you do, you choose to do it. It was not Adam's fault that you complained this morning. So you can't stop blaming Adam. Stop blaming your circumstances. You know, it's not just circumstances. He, see, he, he had to approve the day. You should know that 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. I'm telling you, he's faithful. I got this nearly 30 years ago. Someone gave it to me like I'm trying to share with you. His name was Michael Bates. Michael Bates says, Norm, God did something wonderful when he saved you. He puts you in a circle. And he says, Satan can't lay a finger on you except God gives, you, gives him permission. I mean, I never got over that. He said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common in man, but God is faithful, not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, Norm, that ye may be able to bear it. And so, knowing that he was up all night, see, he's not going to put something in my life that he, ha- he has to approve it. And so that's what I'm saying, bring it on. Today, I can say, bring it on. You might not be ready for that yet. You've got to grow to that. Okay, bring it on. Right? Right? You see what I'm saying? There's so much more to the Christian life, but you've got to know what he's doing. He's building character in his kids. Remember Job? Job was able to stand. Well, God knew something. He wanted to... In Job chapter 1, verse 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, uh, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Talking about the practical righteousness of a man. Saying there's not a person on the planet like that guy. I wonder if God can say that about his kids today. Is there a practical righteousness and godliness about your walk with God that so impresses the, the, the Lord that he hurls your carriage in the face of Satan? Titus 2.12, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We, the people of God, should live soberly, righteously, and godly, godlike in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what God's people are telling me, young people? 
No one can live that way, Brother Stevens. God says you can. Don't ever forget that. Philippians 4.13. See, we don't, we're not perverly persuaded that he actually meant that. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Literally, who keeps on giving Norman strength. <laughs> the difference is, the first difference is, I know it. I'm fully persuaded that he actually meant it. Study to show thyself approved unto God. 2 Timothy 2.15, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divided the word of truth. Now I'm fully persuaded that he actually meant that. So that means you're going to have to get rid of something. You're going to have to get... Because we, you got the same, you got the same amount of time as I got. 24-7, 365, 66, right? The difference is it's about how you're going to use your time. And I'm sorry, you should have got this when you were seven. And now you're behind. We're not doing the job. You know, America's going to hell. God's people don't care. I'm telling you, we need. I'm on a mission for the Almighty. <laughs> and I know it. He's got my back. Hebrews 13, 5. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Did you know there's a martyr's crown? I thought, praise God. Wouldn't it be great to go out as a martyr? How for Jesus. Glory. <laughs> right? Yeah. Y'all need to get out more, okay? You got to get out more. A martyr's crown to win. Isn't that great? Stephen was stoned. I'm telling you, you make one step forward for Jesus, you're going to expect opposition. Opposition. I, I, I ain't got talking about the devil yet. I get a lot of opposition just from God's people, let alone the devil. And so... Where was in verse 7, maybe, well, you know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so, uh, lo- uh, you know, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. And then verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. Then verse 11, these things I have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And so, what is he talking, why is it so important that we actually get this? Why, why would not take another decade? Why is it important that I decide, I make a decision to walk with God, abide in Him, united in Him, and all that? Why, what's the important? Three things. He says, son, if you will abide in me, three things are going to happen in your walk. One, you'll bear fruit. Most of God's people are fruitless. Okay? They're rarely fruitless. When's the last time you went led someone to Christ? Okay? When's the last time you had on a gospel track? So God's people really don't care. Okay? But maybe that'll change. Because he said, if you abide in me, you'll bring forth much fruit. And then number two, you, your prayer is answered. <laughs> if it's his will, you can have everything you pray for. A photographic memory, right? wisdom, healing. I mean, you can have, you know, you, you, you get rid of your forgetter. <laughs> I asked him to get rid of my forgetter. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, he says, continue, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them, right? I said, well, I need to get rid of my forgetter, Lord. Why should he get rid of your forgetter? You don't even know what he said. Certain things you're going to have to, you get serious, you get serious. And you're going to be tried, tested, and proven under fire. (laughs) And then he may give you what you asked for. Why should he give you wisdom? Why should he give you a photographic memory if you're going to use it for you know self-centered, selfish desires? 
So you've got to make a decision to live for others. Christ and others. That's it. If nothing good happens, no joy comes your way. You live for Christ because he deserves it, you see. Those are decisions you've got to make. And if we don't... It's not really complicated, right? You, you see what I'm saying? It's, I can't make it much plainer. <laughs> and you've got to decide. Who do you want to live for? You're going to live, for, you know, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You're going to live for someone or something. Who are you going to live for? You can't live for two. No man can serve two masters. I talked to you about that the last time I was here. No man can serve two masters for you hate one, love one, hold one, stars. You can't serve God and man. And what we're trying to do, we're trying to satisfy God in the flesh on an equal plane. We're trying to do what God says. We're trying to do what we want to do. <laughs> what the world wants. Stop it. Just stop it. It's just, by the grace of God, I'm going to stop. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Amen. Love the world. Love the Father. That means I've, I've probably wasted my life. You probably wasted your life. <laughs> but what from here point now? What are you going to do with your life now? Folks, I didn't start reading until I was 30 years old. They, at 35 years old, they gave me a comprehension test. Didn't even know you're supposed to think and read at the same time, okay? But it didn't take me a decade to get it. And then they, you know, I took an English uh, just to get into college. And she, I said, what word is that? And I said, and. She said, what part of speech is it? And I said, I didn't know parts have speeches. Speeches speech have parts or whatever. But it didn't take me a de- decade to get a conjunction. Or used to could. I used to could. She says, no, you can't do that. What, what, you used to be able to. I said, man, it takes much longer than you used to be able to. When you used to could. I just used to could. But she said, no, no, no. People will be offended if you say used to could. But they won't be offended if you say used to be able to. I said, really? Then, okay, what if I just did? Okay, you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? She says, when you, when you say used to could, it's like taking a, she said, have you seen a chalkboard? And they're going, <coughs> she says, every time, there's people out there that, you do that every time you say used to could. I said, really? <laughs> used to could, used to could. No, no, you saw you change. You see you change, you, you know. He's growing us, okay? It'd be too easy to take you home. <laughs> we want to go, no, it'd be way too easy. He's got you here. And now you can go the easy way, the hard way. You've got to decide three ring, three wise. So, so number, and the third thing is, uh, he said, the joy of the Lord. In Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is thy strength, and these things I write unto you that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. And so what was Christ saying? Okay, the importance of the body of Christ. So what is it so important that we actually do what Jesus says? Well, Jesus said, if you do what I say, you'll bear fruit. Verse 5, Jesus said it this way, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me, ye can do nothing. So he had been talking about the fruit of the vine, but what did he mean by that? What is the fruit of the vine? Well, we are to reproduce ourselves in the lives of others. Actually, we are to reproduce ourselves, okay? I'm a Christian, so I want to reproduce myself. I would go out and knock on doors or again down a gospel track, building station, you know, whatever. Hey, uh, you know Jesus Christ, you must be born again. And so... It's just as grapes bear grapes, oranges bear oranges, a Christian is to reproduce himself in the life of another. Uh, it's not just the pastor's responsibility, the Sunday school teachers or deacons. or what. If you're truly saved, born again, and uh, let me add this, uh, if no chastening going on, <laughs> you, by the time I get, you ought to be very uncomfortable. Because for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And no chastening going on, you may not be one of his. You see what I'm saying? And so you ought to be 
being chastened of the Lord because he loves you. I tell you, go love on John. Man, he loved me. He loved me over time. I just want to do what's lawful and legal. I want to stay within the boundaries. It's just like any. You want to please your parents, right? You just do what they say. Go do what they tell you to do and keep from doing what they tell you not to do. It's the same thing with the Lord. He's already told us what to do and keep from what not to do. Don't play in the underbrush where the devil lives. Do this, do that. And the thing it is, as long as you live within the boundaries of what he said, man, you can be used greatly of God. You can magnify the Lord with your life and you'll be well-pleasing to God. You say, there's nothing between my soul and my Savior. And you can ask him for anything, big or little. If it's will, you can have it. Or you can choose to live a different sort of life. And you've got to decide who you're going to live for. This is not our home. Merely passing through, you've got to decide. Deciding to walk with God is a path that's wonderful, but it requires obedience. Obedience is not a feeling. Obedience is a decision. And every decision you make, you draw one step closer to God. And you can get as close. You will find the Lord when you search for him with your whole heart. No provision for the flesh. Nothing for yourself. And you'll discover who God really is. But then he requires much more out of you. Then, too much is given, much is required. He says, I often give the repentant child of God a second chance. But he said, don't you ever presume up on that. He said, I'll take you out like I took Moses. See, Moses, go back to Moses. He was never fully persuaded that Christ actually meant when he said, when he said, speak to the rock. Remember the second time? The first time, he said, smote the rock. The second time, he said, speak to the rock. And he was disobedient. <laughs> And we had, well, that was just a small little thing, man. You know, look at all the people. It was their fault. It was their fault. I mean, they were, weren't happy, and all they do was complain all the time. But remember, he will test you on your strength. Yeah, when you think you got it, he'll test you on your strength, okay? So I'm telling you, if, if Moses, was, Moses would have never smote the rock the second time if he was actually fully persuaded that Christ meant what he said. I'm telling you, he would have never done it. So he wasn't fully persuaded that Christ actually meant what he said. And that's what I was do you, do you know what he said? And that's what we need to get. So that will change your life if you're fully persuaded that he actually meant what he said. So what did it mean? Okay, we talked about this is you're going to women to Christ, disciple, and you ought to go out and disciple. So are you discipling someone? Well, you... You should be you're in the process of discipling someone. When he's someone to Christ, disciple that convert that they go out and disciple. Then it's the job of every Christian to reproduce himself in the life of another. It's not just the pastor. So uh, if you have been cleansed by the shed blood of Christ, you have a responsibility to reproduce yourself. You have the highest calling of God on our lives. Don't we have that? We, we are his ambassadors, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. That is, we are the very representatives of Jesus Christ, God's Son, the King of Kings. And we must, with every opportunity, warn sinners to flee from the wrath to come. <laughs> And put them to Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who is taken away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Okay, that doesn't take another decade to get. That just simply means you're going to obey God. You're going to do what he says. That's going to change your career. That's going. To... But I've got 75 years in, 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 well, maybe 35 years. Okay, so you've been doing this for 35 years. Well, let God have complete control and reign over your career. I'm not saying you're going to take it away from it, but folks... This is normal Christianity 101. He's got to have complete control, rule, and reign over your life. He can't be Lord of most of it or 10% of it. He has got to be the Lord of it all. Your time, talent, treasures, and gifts, he put it in your hand right here. This is, again, this is, he placed in every hand, time, talent, treasures, a spiritual gift. You got one, if you're truly saved. And you ought to be investing that what he gave you. He did. You're not that good, okay? 
for what he gave you, a spiritual gift, you had nothing to do with it. He didn't say, man, you've got talent and ability and this and that. He didn't do that. No, he just, for whatever reason, the mind of God, he gave you a spiritual gift, gave you talents and treasures. And he said, I want you to invest, I want you to use that time, talent, treasure, and gifts to produce dividends for me, not only here, but the world to come. I hope you, I hope you believe some of this stuff, okay? Because now it's going to change your life completely. That's what happened to me 30 years ago. I thought people were making decisions. I thought people were actually doing it. I come back 10 years later and I, I said, Ben, what, oh, you don't even remember what I, you know, what I said the last time I was here. You know, you're reading your Bible, you're getting a book, you know what he said. And I'm just thinking, wow, we're the, must be the church the only one that goes in, goes out, go in, go out, and don't learn anything. You wouldn't go to, you wouldn't go to, uh, uh, you know, go to college that way, would you? You wouldn't go to college. I mean, you, when you went to grade school, first through oh, kindergarten through 12th grade, you actually ran an account. Two plus two, right? Two plus two is four, right? You come out with something. Well, church is the only place we come in and go out and we don't learn anything. <laughs> does that, does that, is that, maybe that's just too, too plain. I'm thinking maybe. Y'all coming back, right? Y'all staying, right? Staying around? you got to be kidding me, man. I'm not trying to take something away from you. I don't know. you got your whole life ahead of you, some of these young people. You take it to a level. David had nothing on us. You can know God like David, like the Apostle Paul, and you can know God like Abraham did. I said, God, I want to get to know you like Enoch did, and I don't have uh, hundreds of years to get it. You can have the same thing. It starts with a decision. And so he said, uh, so, uh, well, just listen to his word. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20. And Jesus came and spake them, saying, All powers given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even in the world. Acts 1, 8. But ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the most part of the earth. In Mark sixteen fifteen. Just in case we forget, go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And God's people go day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and refuse to obey God. Refuse to do what God says. Now, you can call it timidness. You're being, I'm too timid or scared or, or, you know, I fear what people might say if I do what I should. But it's outright rebellion and disobedience, folks. And then we come to church out of fellowship with the Almighty and think everything's fine. We're not that good. We're, you're not that good. I tell folks, you're not that good. We're not, we're not that good. And if there's anything good about you, that's not you. That's Christ in you. Christ in you. He's manifesting all this, the love and the joy and the peace and the long-suffering and the gentleness. Because and, we, we, we're not that good. If anything loving about you, that's not you. That's the Lord in you. And so can he be, can, does he have 10% of you, 20% of you, 100% of you? He can't be Lord of most of it or 10%. He can't be Lord of most of it. He got to be Lord of your life. Remember the... the uh, anyway, we've got another man. I'll just... Remember the illustration I gave you? Uh, I'm, I'm sure I may... I'm, surely I gave it to you. The eight-year-old girl uh, and the four-year-old girl jumping up and down on the bed, waiting for the garage to open. They know that Dad's coming home soon. Well, Christ is coming again. I don't know when possibly in my lifetime he's come, but I'm looking for his coming. I'm trying to live a godly life in His presence, looking for His coming. So when I come back, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a smile. I'm looking for a praise. Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You're faithful here. I got something. You have no clue what I have planned for them to love me and this, that, and the other. And so 
And, and that's not going to happen by accident. You're not going to face him one day unashamed by accident. If you face him one day unashamed, it'll be because you made a decision. And they said, by the grace of God, that's how you're going to face him one day. And so he's coming again. And so they're jumping up and down, waiting for Dad to come home. And the eight-year-old girl shoved her four-year-old, six-year-old sister off the far side of the bed. Her sister hits the floor. She jumps off the bed, runs down the stairs. Dad walks in the front door, slides across the hardwood floor. Eight-year-old caught hold of Daddy's leg, sat down on Dad's foot. By this time, girl gets up off floor, jumps across the bed, gets outdoor, coming to Daddy. That's the six-year-old. And the eight-year-old looks back at her sister and says very brashly, See, I have all there is of Daddy. And she runs to Daddy. Dan, he bends over and picks her up and they embrace each other and he wipes away her tears. And she looks down and says, yes. The one who said, I have all there is of Daddy? She said, yes. You may have all there is of Daddy, but look up here. Daddy has all there is of me. <laughs> ah, God has all there is of me. Okay, that don't take another decade to get, okay? You eat on the foot or somewhere along the way and you got to, he's got to have all there is. And then you'll discover what the normal Christian life is about. Until then... You're in the nursery. And you've been in the nursery for decades. Don't you think it's about time that you take a step of faith and get out of the nursery? It's a step of faith. I know it. Because you don't, you, you don't see the... It's the unknown, you see. You, you, I'm telling you. See, you're still... You've you got to take a step of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that come to God must believe that he's a reward of them to take a step of faith. <laughs> It'd be too easy to, you know, he wants you to take a step of faith and then he'll meet you in that moment of taking a step of faith and empower you to do what I'm sharing with you today. And until then, you know what they tell me? We love the nursery. There's toys in the nursery. It's comfortable in the nursery. Get out of the nursery.